Deadwood Soundwell. Not safe for work. Not safe for work. Not safe for work. Welcome to Not Safe for Network. I'm Biggs. I'm Brandon. I'm Carl. So, Brandon, you wanted to start off with some Chris Pine stuff here. Chris Pine, uh, it sounds like they just finished uh, rap shooting the Dungeons and Dragons reboot. So, is he in that then? Yeah. Wow. He's directing. He's directing it? No. For real? <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like a movie you would do if you're in a Dungeons and Dragons movie and you're Chris <laughs> Pine. Yeah. Does he want to be in front of the camera for that? It kind of sounded like he's like, Here's what it was, and you're going to enjoy it, trying to hype it up. So he's not embarrassed by this? No. Okay. I but hope I, I think, right. like, he's trying to get people to, like, get in on this, but, but he's not, like, totally confident in it. Gotcha. So he's a little worried. So yeah. what did he say? Coe's saying, oh, man, well, what I got to say is we had a hell of a fun time making it. There was a lot of laughs. The way I've been describing it, it's like Game of Thrones mixed with the Little Princess Bride, just a smidge of Holy Grail. It's somewhere in that ballpark. It's a lot of fun. It's got a lot of thrills. It's poppies. It's 80s heartfelt. There's a bit of Goonies in there. My character, he's the ultimate party planner. I think it's going to be really good. I mean, who fucking knows? I think we got a good shot and John and John are killer guys. They know comedy and they know heart and we had a great cast. We all had a good time making it and that's all you can ask for. He threw out a lot of references. I would say too many. Like for one interview, that's too many. No, like I think... Like just reading between the lines, like there's a lot of uncertainty and they're he's trying to like make as much out of this as he can. It's like, oh, so people like fantasy like Holy Grail, let's add some of that in there. Oh, there's fantasy like Game of Thrones. Yeah, we got to mention that. It's a lot to say Game of Thrones and Princess Bride and Goonies. Like that's a lot of different boxes <laughs> of classics. Yeah. And it's, yeah. That comes off as minorly desperate to me. I hope this is good. I would love it if it's all of those things, for sure. Unless it was the worst thing of all of those things. You know what I mean? Like, like it's like the Goonies, like how they mistreated Sloth. And it's like the last season of Game of Thrones, all the parts you didn't like where they rushed through it. Where it's all it. black. Yeah, where you can't see your TV. <laughs> Okay, so you know... I have nothing negative to say about The Princess Bride, though. It's a perfect movie. How familiar are you with the movie Waiting? With the Ryan Reynolds joint? Yeah, yeah. the Ryan Reynolds movie Waiting. I refuse to watch it. I refused it at the time, and I still refuse. You've seen it? Oh, yeah. Okay, so you know how the movie is partially framed as this kid's first day at the job? Right. Kid named Mitch. And he's, they do all the things. And then he has finally snaps at the end and like basically tells, tells everybody, everybody to off. fuck off. Yeah. yeah. And that's when they like accept him into the group as like, hey, you're one of us. You can tell us off and stuff. That makes you pretty cool. That kid, Mitch, is the co director of this Dungeons and Dragons movie. Does that influence your that anticipation? Doesn't, that doesn't help me much. That is that negative? Is that a negative? It is for me. <laughs> I still hold that against Ryan Reynolds. Why? why I mean, that's why just him acting. That's just waiting. an acting job like, like, as a kid. I, I walked into a room and I saw five minutes of waiting and I was like, fuck this movie. I hate this movie. So, that's what I hold against <laughs> it. It was some of the worst five minutes I've ever seen. 
It came out in 2005. I was, he's two years older than me. He's 40, this kid. So 2005 was what? So you're calling him a kid and he's two years older. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me feel I mean, and also, and also look at him. <laughs> like look it up and look at him and it's hard not to call him a kid even as a grown man that's two years older than me. But like 2000- What's his name? Uh, his name is John Francis Daly. Oh, oh, I know who that is. Yeah, he's also in a uh, bunch of shit actually. Horrible Bosses. Yeah. What do you know him from? Bones? All the Bones you like to watch? Yeah, I'm such a big Bones fan. There's nothing I love more than a TV detective thing, <laughs> as everybody knows. I could. That's like... <sighs> It's a staple I do not so, appreciate at all. <laughs> and I and I honestly, it's one of my favorite uh, genres is the detective with the twist. But they're just like, for some reason, there were certain ones I couldn't get behind. Couldn't get behind Bones because I don't like Boreana's Angel because I was never a fan of any of the Buffy stuff, Buffyverse. And uh, couldn't get into Monk, which I definitely like the actor. Yeah, me too. What's but that? I also could not really but get couldn't into watch Monk. Monk. Yeah. The character is just difficult I like him to and, watch. and everything else. Yeah. So you got, well, he's one of those. No, I rewatched Wings. He's not. I, I, no. I have a soft spot for Wings, but I mean, it was on primetime when I was that young. That character is all the characters. I'm sure are. you're right. That show did, you know, did not so age did you well. know he, John Francis Daly came out of the Freaks and Geeks. Was he the little brother? The yeah, he was the little the like Sam, Sam, Sam. brother. That's what I thought. Yeah, I knew, I knew, I saw his name a lot. I just couldn't think it. So this yeah, is, I understand where you go with kid with that now. It's really hard not <laughs> to Although, see a kid. I've never seen him not as a kid that I can think of. But you know, like I, he's had a long fucking career. I wonder, and if I he's, feel like yeah. he's had to have picked up some good advice and tricks and stuff from the people he's he's been around consistently like good older people so he right? did game night a couple years ago that was good and that was a, that was a that was a fun movie like i enjoyed that one as far as comedies go who's in is he one? maybe related to tim daly on wings uh let's see if he this is wouldn't nepotism. that be the weirdest coincidence if we were just talking about tony shalhoub from monk that's is, his name tony shalhoub thank yeah. you uh doesn't no his parents are rf daly and nancy daly so. boring <laughs> well it's kind of good too because it's like no nepotism i know but it's more exciting to talk about if there is nepotism i think it's better when like they're like my dad was a dentist and my mom like was a stayed at home or was like a secretary or something we're gonna be but nobody's up, ever like, like it's that dennis kid our you know kids, what i mean our kids get to grow <laughs> dude our kids get to grow up with like this up-and-coming new star is son of instagram influencer etc etc yeah you know yeah. Like it's gonna be, it's only gonna get more. That nepotism's only gonna get worse, and it's gonna come across as a story on Instagram because yeah. it won't be a TV show. Because TVs <laughs> will all be in a big, like they won't work anymore. Because yeah, well, since our TVs work and our movies work, uh, let's dive into movies here a little bit. So apparently, they've been doing some casting for that Madam Web movie that's sort of been talked about in hush whispers quite a bit. So they cast Dakota Johnson a little bit ago as Madam Web, and I'll Still get don't like it. Yeah, we'll get back I know to there's that in just a second. But and... they they just cast Sydney Sweeney as well, which is the new thing. Euphoria person, yeah. right? She's good, dude. Uh, she Brandon, she was in that show we watched that took place in the '90s on Netflix. 
Like it's about the high school kids. Oh, I know. Yeah, I can't think of the name of it, but uh, yeah, she's she's good. I really like her. I have no idea what she was cast as. They they didn't release it, but so to go back to the Madam Web thing, that's fucking weird that it's Dakota Johnson because Madam Web is geriatric in the comics. Like she is old. She is like dust, dude. And to cast Dakota Johnson, guess they could go with the new Madam Web. Apparently, that's in the they've comics. recently rebooted Madam Web as a younger person, probably in anticipation of this very thing. Do you think the comics are helping Sony though? Uh, I think the comics because it was a few years back that they that they introduced the character in. Probably the comics were just doing it to bring fresh life into the character, and because the because I think one of the aspects of the Spider-Verse stuff in the comics. There's this whole thing with, like, the the Spider-Hunter yeah. characters. I read the Omnibus, so I'm very and familiar. there's a spider guy that's, like, doesn't somebody kill him and become him at some point? He has, he can, like... It's like a family of hunters. So, yeah, there's, like... But one of them is, like, not really... Is kind of working against the other ones. Or yeah. he, and he's stationary i think but he's in this machine just like arachnid <laughs> and also madam web goes down before into the spider-verse or uh, what the fuck is it into the spider-verse is the co- is the cartoon right i'm trying to remember what they called the might have just been the spider-verse in the comics but anyway madam web goes down before that and is replaced with another woman who gets madam web's powers so yeah it's like one of those things where there must always be a madam web so when one dies somebody else just inherits it yeah inherits spider the... like eats its shell and then becomes it yeah <laughs> something like that whatever don't care yeah there's a lot of weird aspects to that story that were not covered in the cartoon they really didn't cover anything it's... in the cartoon from the comics but it was even more delightful than the comics so and then if you take into account that there's like a bunch of weird ass different clones of peter parker and probably others yeah at this point uh because they did the clone wars back in the day but then they did another clone wars recently they did it again clone wars like the clone spider clone oh the clone saga so they did the clone saga back in the day with ben riley yeah and then they did it and they did it again though recently i'm not surprised because they brought back kane like basically reformed and and then there's superior spider-man (laughs) <laughs> yes and he's in the, the best right they closed off that storyline so that was yeah. when they announced that spider-man was dying did you hear do you know what superior spider-man is it's nope. the best spider-man we've talked is. about on the podcast but we're going back a few years now so when they had issue 700 of amazing spider-man they announced that they were going to kill off peter parker and then it turns out that he was so killed because he switched bodies with Dr. Octopus as Dr. Octopus was dying. But when Dr. Octopus takes over his body, he suddenly starts to feel the sense of responsibility and all the things Peter has gone through. And so he decides he's going to be the superior Spider-Man. So he's Spider-Man, but he doesn't fuck up everything. But also he starts out really, really, truly trying to be good. But then 
he starts to see things through his own lens again and starts to really fuck up things. So like he, he takes his old lab and fashions it into this giant prison. And then as he's capturing everybody, he just keeps them in the prison and he's the only one he knows. And he's just like putting people in the hospital constantly and uh, bringing people to the edge of death all the time. And eventually Peter Parker, like there's a little splinter of his memory or something. And he winds up, taking over his body again but what's really funny about it is that like in a lot of ways dr octopus improved his life (laughs) because he couldn't hold down a steady job and he was trying to get with mary jane over and over again and it kept failing and like he starts up his own lab when he's dr octopus and like actually succeeds at it and like comes up with a viable company that he's the ceo of which i think was their way of being like we have to put him in a better position somehow so it only a body switch is going to make that happen <laughs> i think that was the whole purpose behind this or like that's how much of uh his own worst enemy peter parker is is that he can't focus enough or he can't like his Get guilt is his own way. His guilt is his own enemy because yeah. he always feels like he has to do the Spider-Man thing so much that he can't ever. He doesn't be have time to time. actually like fabricate these ideas. Yeah, and farther. so so he gets the company, and then like Mary Jane, he basically just says like breaks up with her like completely, just like cuts it off because he starts to go through all these memories that Peter has and realizes like, oh, this is never gonna happen. So he <laughs> just like breaks it off with her, and she's when he does that, that she starts to realize something's going wrong. But what's really great about it was they tied off that storyline for about six months, and then they did this Spider Verse story, and so of course they're trying to get every iteration they're ever was a spider-man and i feel like they succeeded they even got the japanese spider-man in there which was pretty fun and then they brought in sinister spider-man and of course at the end they all have to fight him because like he realizes what's going to happen to him because this goes across dimension and time and he realizes what's going to happen to him so they all have to team up to like put him down at the end (laughs) of the book basically because you can't have him i thought that at the very end they were like prove that you're the superior spider-man once and for all and that's like what and then he sacrifices himself that's what i remember happening at the end they trick him somehow but he was doing an entire plot to get the body back was what he was doing yeah well and also right as soon as he shows up he's immediately just like well i should be the leader of this whole yep (laughs) i am the best version of spider-man it was that was the comic line man i really wanted to hate that that story because i saw it coming a million miles away when they went like i was like they're not gonna kill spider-man and then when i read the issue i was like really you're gonna do a body swap and then i just hung on for a little bit to see what would happen and man was i rewarded that was so entertaining it was just like it was funny where it needed to be funny and depressing where it needed to be depressing they really nailed that storyline and actually i think it's a better storyline than the spider-verse one in the comics but spider-verse was fun don't get me wrong so we went off on a rant so madam web <laughs> it's weird that they have dakota johnson in that role <laughs> that, that is weird we should have somebody old by all rights in that in that role like uh is olympia dukakis still around hey. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. It should be like 130 now, right? It was probably the only way we could have ever gotten, uh, what's her name? Uh, Betty White? No. Dolly Parton? The one that makes makes Oscar movies. 
Meryl Streep. Oh, I don't think Meryl Streep is quite old. I don't know. Man, she was like naked and don't look up. And like <laughs> she held together pretty well. Are you man, expecting to say. see her naked in Madam Web? Was, was no. that part of the plan? <laughs> I don't ever expect to see. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked by somebody naked in Morbius. Let me put it that way. Tilda Swinton's already the fucking ancient one. Too late for that. Who else we got? Maggie Smith. Is she still around? I don't know. Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. I, we got to save <laughs> Helen Mirren for something better than a Sony, stupid Sony spinoff. Yeah, she needs a Marvel role. She, she needs a, one of those Marvel roles where the oldies will be like, yeah, Helen and Mirren. not an Eternal style one where we got like. <laughs> so like I thought that Angelina Jolie was fantastic as Thena. And I thought that her and uh, I keep forgetting the guy that plays uh, the other guy, her buddy. But uh, I really feel like uh, Ajax was wasted on, uh, or what's her name, uh, from Desperado. Selma Hayek was wasted on that character. They just didn't give her anything really to do. Yeah. She's out pretty quick, too. Yeah. I mean, I guess she's maybe that's what she wanted. Maybe that's what she wanted. Who knows? She's like, kill me now. I'll just do yeah. it all in flashback. I'll do it all in flashback. Yeah. I only want this to do this one movie. I'm not down for any sequels. We'll move it on. Uh, Empire Magazine had a picture of Benedict Cumberbatch in front of a group of shadowy people for a spread that they're doing in conjunction with Disney for, you know, Empire always does this. Like the When really is big Doctor movies. Strange coming out? Uh, I believe it's May 5th. So we've still got how long? Two months? Two months. Not really. Stop releasing We've got slightly over a month. Okay, still. This is the time. This is the time you do that stuff. You're like, you're hitting the drum to get everybody. Anyway. I'm done with all of it. They labeled it Strange Stands Before the Illuminati. So I think Marvel might have shot themselves in the foot a little bit because they were trying to like play this out. Like, did you (laughs) hear Patrick Stewart? I think it's been confirmed. Yeah, I, I mean, this confirms it. I saw a thing. That, <laughs> yeah, I, no, I saw a thing that confirmed Patrick Stewart's in it. Like, honestly, the I just am so hoping that the rumor about Tom Cruise's Iron Man is false. I just want that to be false. That's all I care about is that that's false. I get you behind it. I don't feel strongly about it one way or the other, <laughs> but I will say it's not like he's a good human being. Like, it, just look into Scientology stuff, and I don't mean generally. I mean with basically servants and things like yeah he's not he's probably not a great dude so uh, i'm not clamoring to see him but it also doesn't turn me off either i guess like just don't want i don't want the people that said that to be right (laughs) (laughs) they're like the same people that were saying charlie cox is in spider-man right i don't know those people suck too (laughs) they were right but they They were totally right i was surprised I had moment. really convinced myself he was not in that movie. And then when I saw it, it, it was. Did we see Spider-Man after Hawkeye? Ended? Yes. Yeah. After it ended? I think so. Because if we did. Oh, you know what it was? It uh, We got the reveal that Kingpin was in it. And then we got Spider-Man. And then a couple days later. We got we the got finale. The full on Kingpin, right? So like we got to see him in full. I feel yeah. like knowing for a fact that Kingpin was in. Uh, dare or in Hawkeye made the Daredevil appearance shoot to the top of the believe like it went from being a very 
fringe, like, yeah, that's probably not going to happen to suddenly like, oh, wait, no, that's definitely it's interesting just having as I recall, show. it became a 50 50 thing, whether he's in it or not, because it seemed like everybody, including you, were saying that he was going to be in the She-Hulk show that like that's where that he was where I up. thought he was going to be. And yeah. I, I honestly still think he's going to be there. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying he's not. I and just mean fact, like that's what a lot of people appearance, thought he would debut. As. His appearance in Spider. Yes, I definitely was wrong about it, where he Dude, I was wrong, too. I thought but, he straight up was not going to be in that movie. I do think that if he's not in She-Hulk, that that's insane, right? Right. Because he's a lawyer. <laughs> it's easy to do, but I don't know how much they're going to spend on the lawyer stuff either. So. Well, it, makes, it just makes sense. It and makes sense. It also, like, does a good job of kind of giving him, a, like, spreading out his appearances amongst the shows, helps kind of weave the shows together and give him enough appearances to kind of reestablish what his whole deal is. Like, I bet <clears> you anything that, so we saw what he's like as lawyer. In another appearance, we'll see him like with one of his people. We'll see them again. You know, you want to know what show I think he'll play a big part in, though, for sure? Echo. When that show comes out? Yes. Because she is all over the Daredevil origin and yep. she's tied with Kingpin. So I don't see any way that show happens without Matt Murdock in it. Wouldn't I it would be, be fun to have like a scene, an old boy style hallway fight scene with Daredevil and Echo back to back, like <laughs> fighting off attackers from both sides? Dude, maybe I'm not yeah. saying this will happen, but maybe he pops up in Moon Knight. I mean, they're trying to do this like grittier thing with Moon Knight they keep saying that that's a perfect character to drop in if that's what you're doing and if that's their plan they've done a real good job because nobody's talking about that shit Moon Knight I think is gonna be knights I think it's gonna be knight stuff I think they're gonna there's gonna be a pun involved there and think it's gonna take it literally and I think it's gonna be Moon Knight and it's gonna be dude from uh the wall and the north and winter and whatever the fuck Jon Snow yeah that <laughs> so that guy's oh, sorry, the black knight the black knight and moon knight and blade and he's like the vampire knight and then who else come on nighthawk that's night rider night <laughs> nighthawk's actually a marvel character <laughs> But do we know for a fact that Disney Fox doesn't own Knight Rider? I thought you meant, it might be in the cards. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the uh, that oil painting, Nighthawks at the Diner. No. Or the Tom Waits album. I was talking about the dude who wears a gray mechanical suit with like dark blue wings from a lot of 80s comics that I read. Knight Rider just... was also in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> you're really writing for this Knight Rider. Like, do you want to see Moon Knight in kit? Is that what you're writing for here? Dude, that would be awesome. When is David Hasselhoff going to show up in the MCU and who's he going to play? Dude, he would actually make a fantastic The Beyonder. <laughs> Would he not? I could see it. You, I, I laughed because I could see it. Yeah. He's kind of perfect for that. He's perfect for that, dude. Oh, my God. Why have they? I bet you. Let's start tweeting at James Gunn. <laughs> You're like, dude. David has a lot to be under. You gotta do it. Oh, speaking of which. So it came out that James Gunn is going to be in Harley Quinn season three. Cameoing as himself. Yes. Weird. I don't know how that works. But There'll be a meta joke, and I bet you he dies. Yeah, could be. There'll definitely be a meta joke. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the nature of <laughs> that's part of how that show works. Yeah, 
Yeah, that show is very meta. So Loki lost in the WGAs to Succession and Hacks. It was up in categories for both of those for writing. They had a cardboard cutout of Miss Minutes that they put up on this video, which was still voiced by Tara Strong. Accepting the award for the writers, she called the Loki show a piece of trash and fiction. Then she says the TVA is about to prune everyone because Succession was supposed to win. So that was don't worry, planned. guys. We're in, we're in the main timeline here. Yeah, it was a planned video, and then they just put it out anyway, even though they lost. So, right. Yeah. Interesting. So we're on the correct timeline. So okay. don't worry about the TVA. We're okay. Yeah. Well, we're on the TVA's chose, chosen time. Yeah, the the sacred timeline. Sacred. (laughs) Same difference. What? This is his gourd. Follow the shoe. (laughs) Sorry. It just made me happy, though, because the fact that they did that means they're already working on Loki season two, I feel like. Yep. And it was very fun and stupid in its simplicity, the way they put Miss Minutes up, because it's like this cardboard thing of of the clock but then like as she starts to like talk garbage it like comes in closer and then when it's talking about pruning everybody it's really fucking close (laughs) and like like the the round part that would i guess be her nose is like huge but it's just like three three shots and the closest one it just like it made me fucking chuckle it was so dumb i really recommend watching (laughs) it's 45 seconds long it's an easy watch so and then let's kick into a little bit of oscar talk here so the fan favorite award that we were talking about you know all those movies that are up so apparently the voting is now they're done with the voting but they haven't released the totals for the last day but cinderella was ahead when we talked so apparently army of the dead Carl, good job. Charged forward and actually overtook it on the day before and gained on it. And we don't know what's happened in the last day. So do we have final predictions on this award? Uh, Yes, my final. And this is only on Twitter. So keep that in mind. There's a mentality involved. The dumbest way did is was that our verdict on it was that this is the dumbest way ever to like do this to do it on twitter i don't remember if we talked about it but it is the dumbest way to do this like of all the social media platforms twitter is not the one i would go to like twitter is basically the living embodiment of somebody sticking a razor into somebody's scrotum like it's just unpleasant and nobody wants to see that i think like the thing is is like at the end of the day you just can't blindly say go to any one place and just vote because the people will organize and like fucking screw the whole thing up <laughs> and it won't actually wrecking because you're not targeting huge demographics when you go to these specific platforms as big as they may be they still exclude whole swaths of the population yeah so they're not truly representative and like the only thing it's representative of is twitter and twitter is so like up its own ass as far as importance goes yeah that all this this is just a it's just it's totally pointless and we should just ignore it is what i think <laughs> I, think, I think my comment but, was have we learned nothing from total request live yeah yeah, no, we haven't. It's, <laughs> this like all of the award shows do this now. Like think, all the big award shows. I think Army of Dead probably did win. Yeah, I I'm sure Cinderella. that you actually you called this the last time. You said that the Snyder Bros were going to organize and yeah. they were going to march through with Army and of Dead. they were going to do it. At, I don't know if I said this, but they're going to do it at the last second to try to keep 
other people like it's like they're well that they're, it's they're um they're trying to win the bid because they know they don't actually have the numbers to win if everybody votes. especially if like they know so that they have doing to wait this. until the last second just then vote the on mass at yeah. the very end to like keep to get into the top spot at the last second it's like betting on bidding on ebay you know where you want to get the lowest amount so you wait until the very last second and try to just throw it in before anybody else notices it throw it in it right at the last then you get the lowest amount that you'll possibly because you can always like actually bid up but boom that's how you do ebay that that's the sound it makes or on the price is right the one person that does Thirteen hundred and one dollar. Yeah, <laughs> always, I feel like don't you always want to go you, the huge advantage in that game to going last? Oh, right? always. You want to go as far. You want to be on yeah. far to the right as possible. Every Usually, time. the people who are all the way to the left, they tend to be people that got called in at the beginning of the prices, right? Right, like they they, so, they do yeah, the come it's... on down thing with like eight people or whatever, and then like you see four of them are just stuck there the entire show, putting in a bid that will then like get, get fixed by, by everybody. everybody else. Yeah, because yeah. you can do like that, go one dollar over them. Yeah, like it's fucked up. Have you ever seen it when they go one dollar, two dollar, three dollars, four dollars? Well, you just gave the guy with four that bid four dollars the fucking round, even though what the fuck? You guys yeah. are all idiots. So, have you watched the show post COVID? No, but I did hear they're on. They're coming so, to Montana. They're going on tour. We could be contestants and not have to leave the state. So, when I <laughs> was God. sick a few weeks ago, <laughs> I actually watched uh, The Price Is Right. Who's and- the host? Uh, Drew Carey. It's still Drew Carey? Yeah. Okay. God, I love Drew Carey. And then I watched... Uh, but he doesn't have glasses does he anymore. Does make a deal. Does he, he have, have a hole in his hand? Does he have a weird hole in his hand? No. Because he does in that episode of Community, but that might have just been his character. How do you fake that? <laughs> I thought he actually... Green just, patch. So he drilled a hole in Green his hand Green patch and chroma key. Just That's for the character. <laughs> I thought he drilled a hole actually through his hand with like a press just for the character, just for the one role. <laughs> in that single episode. I don't like that he doesn't have his glasses anymore. There's like two guys that continuously bug me out from that. It's Drew Carey and Weird Al. I mean, I'm fine with Weird Al. I'm, I guess I'm used to it now. But like, it's still in my head when somebody says Weird Al, the first thing I picture is Hawaiian shirt, like perm, basically. You know like, what's weirder is that he no glasses. longer, it's weird that he doesn't anymore have his signature goatee. That's super weird. Yeah, the other weird thing about it was he was like, I'm done with that look. And then he just went to a different look. Didn't he always just have a mustache? (laughs) He just had a regular mustache. He didn't have a goatee. He didn't have anything on his chin. He just had a mustache. But now he doesn't have a mustache. I know, I was lying. Okay. uh, On purpose. So I would want to go back to the prices right real quick. So they do... So they used to have the whole like studio audience, like a big theater full of people. So they took that out completely. And it's like little uh, like table pods of people. Okay. So like there's like 10 tables of like four or five people, like they're grouped together. And then they like call somebody down. Like I, I can't remember if they actually, I don't know if they call them down like to do the, the first initial bid. They call them down to the, to the chamber where they spray you with the. <laughs> The disinfectant. Yeah, they have to like the, disinfect the wheel every time, right? They gotta. And then so whoever wins the bid like does the little game. 
<laughs> but like Drew Carey's on one side of the stage and the person's doing it's on the other side of the stage. It's just really, really weird. And then uh, Let's Make a Deal is like even more so. So they have. Hold this... on. Let's Make a Deal was always weird. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it got was weirder. It weird? Okay. How did it get weirder? Because for people not familiar with Let's Make a Deal, we are talking about people who dress up in weird ass costumes just to get onto the show. That's the baseline here. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have to dress like an anime elephant to get on the show, you know? And what? that's still a thing. Are you not familiar with Let's Make a no, Deal? I'm not familiar with that aspect of it. It's like that's the one with the briefcases, right? No. Sometimes. No. I, you're oh, thinking, I'm thinking of deal or no deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Which, they have different things that they do. Like their most famous game is like you pick door one, two, or three. Yeah. And you like there'll be, and right? if you get the wrong the one, it's always something in. shitty, like a goat or like. Yeah. The yeah. probability locks in when you make. Yeah. So like <laughs> you like, you can take door number two or you can have what's in the box. Right. Anyways. But like now it's like, so it's the same thing where it's like pods of different people. And then like, there's also like a zoom board on the back. So like they're calling people like across the country. Okay. And they're like, spin the wheel if you're. On Zoom. No, it's like you could pick this. You could pick door number one, door number two. Oh, they just are like doing mini games. The Zoom people are doing like. He's talking about let's make a deal. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I forget about. I somehow went back to the prices right as well. And then I realized it after you asked that. Well, I know that they do like (laughs) mini games and stuff on prices, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Planko. Planko. But you can't do like any of the mini games from Zoom on. You have to be there for a prices break. Yeah. Let's make some a deal. Of them, some of them, like, when you're, like, guessing, like, when you're guessing the price of shit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, those ones you could, but not. Yeah. Can't do Planko, man. No. The so then, like, if they're doing Planko. It was the funniest thing. So, like, the very last of the game on the Let's Make a Deal, they, like, you have to roll, like, if you roll, you roll two dice, and then you have to get nine or higher, and you get, like, this prize. And then you roll again, and you get two dice, you get 11 and higher, you get whatever the next level up. And then if you do that three times in a row and you get 12 or, or 12, you get um, a car. And, but, so they have this like little roll, like giant rolly die or uh, fuzzy dice and you roll it down, but they have like this guy with like a, one of those like uh, robot grabby hands. He's like holding it <laughs> and like grabs a little dice to <laughs> lift it up. It's, it's kind of like, that part has gotten weird with. <laughs> so what you're saying is the way in which those shows have gotten weird is like Twitter voting <laughs> on an Oscar. Yeah. I follow you. That checks out. That definitely checks out. So just to, to put it out there, you go an army of the dead winning this one. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And it's dumb. And it shouldn't. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to do the last of the Oscar reviews. I got some live action shorts, and then I'm going to kick in from that into my predictions for the Oscar winners. So for the live action shorts, the first one I'm going to talk about is On My Mind. So this is basically a man who wanders into a bar. There's like a bartender who's kind of interested in him, and this bar owner is really cranky. And he decides that he wants to do karaoke. It's not the night for karaoke, so the bar owner doesn't want to do it. 
and he's very insistent that he wants to do the song On My Mind for his wife and offers him a bunch of money for it. The bartender relents. He starts to do it, and then he wants to do it over because it's not quite right. The bartender cuts him off and is like, that's enough. And then it turns out that his wife is in a coma and going to be taken off of the machines. And so he lets him finish it. It's pretty sad, kind of sappy, if I'm being honest. The next one is a dress. So this follows around this little person who is just having a really hard time in her life. She's sexually frustrated. She's a virgin and has never had a partner. And it seems like every conversation she has, either somebody's alluding to her being a little person or she's just very, very paranoid about it. She meets a guy in the bar and they have this really good connection and he tells her that he's going to be coming around in a couple of days and that they should go on a date. And so she goes out and finds a dress, which is not an easy task for her because she can't just buy something off the rack. She has to have it tailor made. This kind of goes through all her trials and tribulations, and I'm just going to say the date, it seems to go well at first, and it does not go well by the end, and it's one of those ones where it's just like a total gut punch. Very well done, but goddamn, you just kind of lose your faith in humanity watching it. Um, The next one is Please Hold. So this is kind of a sci-fi movie from the near future. It's basically a guy's walking around with his phone and his phone tells him that he's going to be arrested. And so this drone shows up and tells him to put on some cuffs. And so he's asking what the charge is and it won't tell him. He winds up going into a prison and has to go through this process. And at every step of it, it won't tell him what the charges are. He winds up going into a cell and we don't see another human being in the entire thing. It's just all automated. But he tries to make some phone calls. It winds up sapping all the little bit of cash that he has. And the public defender is basically telling him he should take a plea bargain through buttons that he's pushing and he will be charged most likely with a 45 to 47 year sentence but with the plea bargain he can do like five to seven years and he still doesn't know what he's done he's really frustrated by it Um, eventually he's able to pay like 10 grand for a defense attorney because he has to borrow money from his parents eventually he gets out of the cell but it's like his life is fucked at this point and still doesn't know what he did uh it's this really good satire on what's going on in prisons with the privatization of everything uh the phone calls costing money this is a real thing i'm sure anybody who knows somebody in prison has had this experience where they call and uh it's pretty miserable and i thought it did a really good job of shining a light on that Alakachu take and run. So this is a young woman who leaves home without the approval of her mother to live with her friend who's also moved out on their own. Where they're at in their village, the women are expected to get married and then move out. And it's like a shame thing if they don't do that. She wants to go to college and build up her life. And she goes to work one day and then this guy shows up with a couple other people and is looking for her co-worker. You get the sense that something not right is going on here. And so she makes up an excuse. They wind up nabbing her instead of her co-worker and force her to marry him. There's this really haunting scene at this house. Like they bring her in and they clearly had kidnapped her and the women are all sitting in this room and they're like, basically tell her if you leave, you're going to be 
and fertile. And I think that the indication is we will do female castration on you if you leave. So she winds up having to marry him. She's very resentful of it. And then her family shows up and her family has just accepted this as like, this is what you're doing. Like it was time to get married anyway. And it's harrowing to realize that this is actually happening in the world. This is based off of a thing that people are doing in this corner of the world where they actually will go and kidnap women because they decide it's time to get married and drag them off. And then the last one I'm going to talk about is A Long Goodbye. So this one has Riz Ahmed, and I think he produced it as well. And he's just got this big family in the UK, and they're hanging out and doing all kinds of stuff. Like the girls are doing each other's hair, and the guys are watching a soccer match on TV. And, you know, just like typical stuff that would happen on maybe a Sunday afternoon. And then all of a sudden they see that there's a bunch of whatever Britain's version of ice is and so they all come in and start taking everybody like they're freaking out trying to leave they wind up grabbing everybody and they shoot all the men and they round up all the women into vans and take off with them and then Riz Ahmed is not dead and he stands up and basically gives a soliloquy to the audience it's almost like a like a beat poem to the audience to talk about the unfairness of this and what's happening going into my Oscar pick I'm going to start with Long Goodbye I think this will win short film live action now, I do want to specify these are not my choices. These are just what I think will win. Next week, we're going to do a category called Believable Badass and Bullshit. Me and Carl and Brandon will do it. We've been doing it on podcasts for years. And basically, we just go over every single winner and decide whether we thought they were worthy of that honor or not. I think this one is, is going to win short film live action. You don't often see a legit celebrity in a short film. And I think they're going to want to put him on the podium, especially because he produced this and all of them have messages behind them for sure. But I think the combination of immigration has definitely been an issue that people have been thinking about more and more lately. On top of it being Riz Ahmed and being Great Britain, if I'm being honest, because I think a lot of people... They get irritable when you're talking about immigration in the United States, but when it's another country, they can step outside themselves and look at it more objectively. So I think that's definitely going to take the gold. Uh, for short film animated, it's going to be Robin Robin. And I just think it's purely because there's no Disney or Pixar movies in the mix there. And this is the closest to one of those. It's also got celebrity voices in it. You know, Gillian Anderson doing the cat, et cetera, et cetera. So I would be surprised if that one doesn't wind up winning. Uh, for documentary short subject, it seems like the Queen of Basketball is the one that a lot of people are looking at. It's an interesting bit of history. It's not a downer. And yeah, I just think it, it's kind of every now and again, you get one that's kind of feel good. And I feel like this is close enough to a feel good one. Uh, for cinematography, so the odds are skewing towards Dune. I think it's going to be Power of the Dog. Dune's still a sci-fi movie, and I think the Academy would rather honor a drama since I think they're going to hand it a bunch of craft Oscars. I think Dune's going to win a lot of craft Oscars, but I think Power of the Dog will wind up winning this one. Uh, for documentary feature, Summer of Soul, I think they want to put Questlove on the podium. It's as simple as that. I mean, there's a lot of good documentaries this year. I think that's the one because... Once again, that power of putting a celebrity in a category that you don't normally get a celebrity. 
Uh, production design, Dune will get many craft awards. Uh, original song. So I listened to all these. You know, you didn't get the What's Wrong with Bruno song up there. Like, they didn't submit it. And so as a result, I think we're going to get No Time to Die. And I think Billie Eilish is kind of on the Adele track right now. You know, like Adele burst through with 21. I guess she had one album before that, 19. But 21 just blew the world away, like set it on fire. And then she got a Bond song. Very soon after that, that winds up winning an Oscar for Skyfall. I think that's going to happen with Billie Eilish here. Music original score. There is a narrative about Hans Zimmer inventing the instruments for the soundtrack that's really taken hold. And I think the Academy really likes Hans Zimmer. And so I think they want to hand him an Oscar for this one. A written original screenplay, Don't Look Up. So the Critics' Choice Movie Awards picked Belfast. BAFTA has been correct for the last two years, and they selected Licorice Pizza this year. The WGA picked Don't Look Up, and has not only been correct over the last two years, but it's been right three out of the last four, so there's no consensus pick here. I tend to think Don't Look Up, it's a message that's very easy to get while you watch that. When I look at Licorice Pizza, I really like it, but it doesn't have a proper plot per se, and I think a lot of people are going to penalize it for that. And Belfast was the one that was an early favorite for a lot of stuff, but I just have a feeling it's kind of dropped out of consciousness. I think people sort of decided like Belfast, they wanted to honor it. And because it got nominated for a bunch of Oscars, I think they're like, that's enough. Writing adapted screenplay. So odds makers are saying power of the dog. But once again, BAFTA has been correct for the last four straight years. And they're saying CODA and the WGA also picked it. So I think CODA is going to walk away with this one. Visual effects. Dune will get many craft awards. Not the last time you're going to hear that. Makeup and hairstyling. So it probably took a team of like 20 people just to get Jessica Chastain to look like Tammy Faye just with her makeup alone. So I think that's where the Oscar is going to go. The eyes of Tammy Faye. So sound. Dune will get many craft awards. International feature film. I think it's going to be Drive My Car. It had a lot of momentum with a certain crowd. And so I think this is where they're going to honor it directing Jane Campion. She got in a controversy, which I don't think we've talked about on the show. I'm not going to get into that controversy. You can Google it if you want to. But I think a lot of people don't know. And I think a lot of people aren't going to care at the end. I think this Oscar, if you're looking at it through a lens of being inclusive, this is a movie that is about some gay characters, and it's also directed by a woman, so I almost feel like it cancels out what she said. I'm not saying in reality, and I'm not excusing what she said. I think it was thoughtless. I also think that she's definitely been taking a task for it, and hopefully we'll think about that. But what I'm saying is I think the voters are still going to go power of the dog for director. Costume design, so... Cruella, it's the one thing in this movie that it does well, and it does it pretty well. I mean, it's the 60s, and it's fashionable, so this is right up their alley for that kind of thing. They don't like honoring sci-fi or fantasy, that kind of stuff, but this, I could see them giving an Oscar for that. So film editing, Dune will get many craft awards. Animated feature film. So this spot almost always comes down to a Disney or Pixar film. Into the Spider-Verse was an anomaly. It was amazing and special, but it was an anomaly in that regard. Neither studio has a short this year, which means they're going to grab gold here for sure. So Disney's got Encanto, Raya and the Last Dragon, and Luca. I don't know why they'd go with the third best option, in my opinion, but it seems like they will. It seems like Encanto is the one that's going to take it. Actress in a supporting role. So Ariana DeBose, whether she's singing, dancing, yelling, or crying, 
she's killing this movie. And it's been a foregone conclusion for a while. This is the one that a lot of people had circled way before the Oscar race. Uh, actor in a supporting role. So I think it's going to be Troy Custer. He's been really good and has bounced around Hollywood for a while. That's been the story. And I just think they want to hand him an Oscar. And I mean, he's won a Guild Award. So I think that's where it's going for sure. So actor in a leading role. He's good, but make no mistake. They want to give Will Smith an Oscar because we're 22 years into the millennium and he hasn't won yet. And are we really in the millennium if he hasn't won yet? I don't think we are. So it's going to be big Willie style for actor in a leading role. So actress in a leading role, Jessica Chastain. This is one of those ones where they want to reward you for a while and you're in a biopic Oscar impersonating somebody. They're going to hand it to you. And then for best picture, thought about this a lot. Code has been making a lot of gains lately. And there's a lot of people that hate Power of the Dog and I could see them putting it towards the bottom of their ballot. And with best picture... They're only really considering the top three choices. So I could see Power of the Dog losing on preferential balloting, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be Power of the Dog. It's a really good movie, and I think the Academy hates Netflix, like see the Roma year, but my gut tells me it's still going to get it. I feel like this is the year they're going to hand Netflix something. And like, I don't know, there's this weird thing where there might be a lot of people that are pissed that Netflix helped dissolve the movie industry a little faster than it happened, but they're also keeping a lot of independent film alive just in how much money they're pouring into it that they just weren't getting from other sources. So I think this might be the year Netflix breaks through. I'm tentatively picking Power of the Dog for Best Picture. Last bit of Oscar stuff here. The most important award is coming up, The Hammer. So for people not familiar with it, they do an in memoriam video every year where they show all the Academy members that died over the last year. And we are going to try and guess who the last one is, the hammer, the one that hits the hardest. Who do we think here? So if the, if the show was today, it would be William Hurt. That's, I, that's no, okay. See, the, this Go is, ahead. this Go is ahead. my reasoning. It's not the most, we've said for years, it's the most important one. It's not. It's the most recent First one. off, I'm the one that came to that realization <laughs> that it's the most recent big one. It's the most recent big one, right? Yeah. However, there is an extenuating circumstance with William Hurt. I think they're going to feel like they have to put him up there. But like that shit with Marley Matlin that came out, mm. there's no way they would be so fucking tone deaf to put him as the hammer. Especially with her I mean, we're talking being about in that. a... She will almost definitely be in that audience yeah she'll be there for coda even though she's not nominated herself she was it's nominated and she's gonna be there yeah 100 percent. she'll be i mean they were nominated for like eight awards or something like that like something crazy high so like i don't think there's any way they put him as a hammer but you're you're still guessing he's the hammer yeah that's a part of this is we always like rip apart each that's other's fair. guesses now carl and i argued about this before we got on the podcast i i was gonna go with i narrowed it down to a short list <clears throat> yeah well you really decided it the first one you said oh yeah no for it. sure yeah but i was gonna but off the top of my head i was like richard donner because yep, that's it one was of my three. A, it was a couple months ago and he was a really big director or producer. He was probably responsible for a lot of careers in that Superman. Hall. Yeah, and just like a lot of giant hits. I Goonies, was riding right? or dying on that because you want to say your pick? Well, then I discovered that Christopher Plummer died this year and he's also an elder statesman of but that of was a while ago. Film. Wasn't it? Well, 
Yeah, he's just it's just like when you look at the history his like the history of his career, it's just like fuck, he's been around forever. So before William Hurt, I would go Sidney Poitier. Did I just oh, hear? that actually is a really Poitier? good call. Yeah, and it wasn't that long ago yeah. either. That's a good call. I didn't even consider that. However, Carl threw out one that was not Plummer that I was telling him was ridiculous. Do you want to say that name or do you just want me to claim it? Betty White. Betty White. And I was like, dude, it's got to be a member of the Academy over and over again. So I looked it up out on the porch right before you showed up, Carl. She became the oldest member of the Academy at 95. Like they and they gave her membership at age 95. So that was like four years years ago right because yeah. she was 99 yeah so she Almost is a, a member of the academy a couple weeks shy of her 100th birthday so so i don't know if you're still pay, like staying with that but i actually pick. i actually think that's my pick now too so this is that. and and i also think that with her as the final one this year it's not the hammer it's like the cradle because it's going to end with like a oh betty white oh she was wonderful that's a sweet sentiment, but it is the one that hurts you the most. That's what, what it traditionally has been, but we Right, but you, it's because you're mourning. She's going to subvert she's going to subvert the paradigm, man. That's how powerful Betty White is. So she should be the throw pillow she's, instead of the hammer. She's the duvet. <laughs> duvet. <laughs> That's a pillow of some kind, right? It's like a cover for a sofa. I don't know. Okay, so just to check in one more time, you're still going Betty White? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I'm going to go Betty White. Like, you talked me into it. I'm giving you full credit for that one once I actually looked it up. Uh, Brandon, you're going with? Sydney Poitier. It's That's a good a really call. good It's call. actually a really good call, and you might be right on that Because there's, one. like, a lot of historical significance to his, yeah. him. Yeah, and there's a part of me that wants to change that now. I'm oh, God, I'm, I got to. Just wait. I just hate- wait like two days before the Oscars, like Mel Brooks time. That's the shitty thing is like, we are saying this, it's going out tomorrow morning. So this will be out Tuesday morning. The Oscars are on Sunday, still in a fucking pandemic. Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like this uh, might not be the hammer. My official we might not vote, know my, the hammer my official, my official vote might be for un- unknown future dead celebrity. <laughs> 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 that's that's uh yeah i'm gonna throw it in for al pacino that's gonna be the hammer oh god <laughs> that one would hurt if pacino died he's the hammer we can agree on that right oh yeah yeah but i don't want him to die but just know if he does die that is on my bingo card in the events <laughs> that that happens maggie smith is still alive so she could play Madden yeah it could be maggie smith no i don't want that's not what i'm saying <laughs> You I'm know, a terrible person. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what if, what if a day before the you know, Oscars, Donald Trump died and he became the hammer because he was in because he was happen. in because no. he was in Home Alone two. It would never happen. It's like dun, 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 dun. Home Alone two. Go buy a Pete give me a. Let's hey, forget a about. Limo. Let's forget about the politics of the thing for a second. <laughs> Do you remember the first year he was president and he started shit talking the Oscars? Oh, via that's tweet? right. He's yeah. He's yeah. not. He's not gonna. He's not gonna get in one of those videos, no matter what he does. <laughs> so how about- you know which president might be the first to do it though is Barack Obama when he passes because he actually produced a video that was up for best documentary. Who's so. like the most conservative uh, actor that could die by the end of by Sunday and make it 
and be the hammer. Oh man, there's so many because old and <laughs> and conservative go hand in hand. You know uh, what I mean? I think I think that, that I thought that was going to be harder though. Clint Hollywood, but it's an easy one. Dude, that's easy. Yeah, that's the yeah, easiest one. Yeah. Uh, so okay, my new official vote is for Clint Eastwood to usurp <laughs> Betty White <laughs> this year. And I, it's not because I want him to die. I just think we that gotta would respect be, the hammer. Yeah, <laughs> the hammer needs to be. It can't be subverted by Betty White's awesomeness. I will say I don't agree with Clint Eastwood's politics or the party that he throws in with. Anyway, I don't hate Clint Eastwood though. Yeah, he's fine. Who gives a fuck? He yelled at a chair, pretended that the empty yeah, space like, on the chair was the he president. He didn't help him in that election, too, dude. It was a toothless <laughs> thing. Like, uh, according to this Netflix documentary-esque thing, comedy special slash whatever, uh, remember the 90s kind of style, the week that was-esque show about cliches movie cliches and man it was just like so scatter can't stay on one thing constantly jumping to a different thing not ever fully like delving into an individual cliche just kind of like skiffing the surface and then jumping on to the next thing really fast you watch this too brandon yeah yeah i enjoyed it we've all seen it yeah Yeah. mostly because i really like rob lowe like that guy is charismatic and i enjoy him talking about stuff uh and it did inspire me to think about stuff in a whole different way. Let's try to use cliches for their strengths rather than like lean on them as a crutch, which is what I think a lot of people do. But it's like we could twist them in so many good ways. Anyways, uh, damn it. I totally lost myself. Well, while you're finding it, uh, my favorite one in that was when they were showing for that Fast and Furious movie. Oh, yeah, the, like, the, the view from the watching a funeral, over a funeral from the distance. Yeah, watching a funeral from a distance. But then in that movie, they have Dom watching from a distance and then somebody from a distance of that is watching Dom. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the other way around. It's uh, Frank. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, what's his name? The dead one yeah. is watching is that, the funeral from is that a distance. Paul Walker? Does he yes. die in the movies? I've only seen two of them. Paul Walker dies in the real world <laughs> in an actual car accident. God, the dude, irony. Don't spoil the shit for me, man. Don't spoil the real far. world. Yeah, dude. I bet everything you, Fast and Furious, I'm just like, I'm turning off so you that I actually, don't know have gotten that far you lived well, he the was time the star period of part two and it all worked out for him you lived <laughs> the time in real life when paul walker died that Sh- is a carl part, stop dude. that is a part of I don't your know. I get personal to history i'll i'll catch up on that news after i've watched those movies okay? not <laughs> not knowing about paul walker's death in real life is like not remembering the night of your wedding night it's the same exact thing they're one-to-one parallels it's the same thing yeah they no, say this because... is the only person in the room to not have gotten married <laughs> and also so I, i'm the I clear expert that. here kruger dunning kruger dunning clearly i'm the expert. all right just don't tell me how dunning paul kruger. walker died okay i don't want to know because i, I, I did get, i want to get to that point you're in the gonna movie. hear it when you edit this <laughs> I said it. He clearly died. No, he it's doesn't. It's a Fast and Furious movie, so he clearly died in a car. I get that. No, but I don't in... want to know how. I don't want to know, like, was it a tree? Was it, like, speeding after, like, a benefit? I don't want to know any of these no, things. No, in the movies, in the movies, he doesn't die. He just goes, hey, Carl! I'm... He goes, hey, 
I'm just going to go do my own thing now forever. If you want to just drive, go drive this way. And they're like, okay, peace. And then like every now and then they'll be like, hey, how's Paul Walker doing? He's like, I'm sure he's doing good. They literally say the actor's name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They've just gone completely mad. They've given up. No, they've just given up. (laughs) What are we on? 16? I don't remember. Dude, stop spoiling this for me. I don't know how many are ahead. I want to treat each one as if it's the last. You're going to. That's why I haven't watched one for years. Are you going to binge watch them all? On At the, the rate I'm the, going, probably not. The day that you, right before you die, like <clears throat> the well, doctor's going to be like, you have 12 hours to live. And you're like, thank God I've already, time. you're like, thank God I've already <laughs> watched four of them because the fu- there's nine. There's four? Carl, you keep ruining this for me like a step at a time. I think there's 11. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I hate this new character of yours. Is this a new character? No, this is a long going bit. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. This started out. I'll just let the listener know because I guarantee most of people have not been on this journey. Uh, it started in Montucky Skies. I did this segment called Slow to the Furious where I, it was <laughs> Fast and the Furious 7 was coming out and I was going to catch up with them. And so I was going to watch one and re- and do one each week. And so I watched the first one and we talked about it. And then I just kept forgetting to do it and putting it off. And then when part eight came out, I was like, okay, I better catch up. So I watched Fast and the Furious 2 and Dub was on and I was like "All right, man I'm going to watch Tokyo Drift with you and he's like yeah and uh, so Dub passed a year ago and it was like three years before that that we made that arrangement so (laughs) that was like four years ago that I saw part two but I'm totally going to watch them all man it's a slow to the furious thing it spans over two podcasts now we've had many come up this is the third podcast (laughs) well (laughs) was talked about in box office battle as well <laughs> eventually i'll get to it i still right. want to know any more about paul walker well dude i haven't even been watching anything with the rock because i don't want to know I, I already heard a spoiler that he's in one of them so <laughs> i think he's uh i think he's fucking he's moana jason St- i think he's jason Statham's brother or something in real life they look <laughs> nothing sure. alike <laughs> jason statham is uh okay <laughs> All right. I just came up with a good Madam Web. Okay. Dame Judi Dench. Yeah. When you were saying the Oscar thing, it popped into my head, but then you went with Maggie Smith instead. (laughs) (laughs) And it immediately popped back out of my head. Yeah. Because she she has has like the age, but like she has like power, like in her personality. (sighs) How can I put this? I don't want to like fat shame or anything because that's not what this is about. (laughs) But, like, the character is, like, super bony and old. Like, we need somebody who is not taking insurers or anything like that. You know what I mean? That should be taking insurer but isn't. You can, you can, live action has to, like, uh, accept that people have uh, not, aren't, like, Unless you're going to make them look like that with special effects. Like, what, do you expect somebody to do, like, uh, pull a Christian Bale on the mechanic or something and, like... Dude, you can't, like, have an 80-year-old person do that. That's awful. But see, look... <laughs> no, that's takes, why I'm saying, like, just fine. There's plenty of old if people... that's the character, who though. Don't, ...who are very skinny and all rail and bones, and I don't think it's right for Judy Dench to take those roles Tell from Christian him. Bale to lose, a nut, lose 300 pounds again and weigh, like, 60 pounds. I don't and think... And then slap some... 
an old person beard on him or some old lady makeup and make him Madam Web. <laughs> See, I don't think that's right anymore because you convinced me last week with your talk about the penguin. Oh, that stop putting people in fat suits. Yeah. But this is not putting people no, in fat I, suits. No, I think it's bigger than that. I think we got to do the thousand yard picture here. Only blind people can play blind characters and only deaf people can play deaf characters and only like everyone has to real real life have the things that they yeah, only people with superpowers can play superheroes from <laughs> <Yeah>. now on. <laughs> There's going to be a lot more serial killers in Hollywood. <laughs> we need, we need, because we, we like old, to do those kinds of movies. <laughs> we need an old lady to do Madame Web, who like maybe works in one of those like hole in the wall places that always has a crystal ball, you know. <laughs> and seeing as you know, devil. I was talking about, yeah. I was talking earlier today with you off mic about how all those uh, docudramas about liars are so popular right now. So roughly about the same amount of liars in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're so popular. It like appeals to them. And, they're like, I, I understand. And the also story. weirdly enough, same amount of vampire movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, want to do a quick plug before we get out of here. Carl and I did an episode of a cosmic void together on Wishmaster. Ugh. Which, like, if you've, like, listened to Carl over the years and you've heard little touches of him going off on Wishmaster, you get it in a concentrated hour and 20-minute block here. I don't know why anyone would want that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not doing a good job Oh, right. This. It's the best thing that has ever happened <laughs> in the history of uh, hearing uh, bass delivery, knowledge delivery system. Anyway, if you want to hear us impersonate the genie for, like... An hour and 20 minutes. Check this out. <laughs> it's really good. The gin. Sorry, the gin. You're right. Uh, not a genie. You Doesn't are come out of a. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you are a correcta. <laughs> <laughs> that guy really got into it, man. Ugh, he was so. Take the whole project. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Find out more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take it easy. Please rate and review our show. Sign up for an Anchor account. You can leave voice messages through a link in the description of the podcast, or you can answer our poll questions. Reach out to us through Instagram at redwood underscore sound underscore labs or Facebook at facebook.com slash redwood sound labs. Email us at notsafernetwork at gmail.com. Not Safe for Network was created and hosted by Carl Borneman, Brandon Beardsley, and Alex Small. Produced by Aaron Donaldson and Alex Small. A podcast about the narrative and effective politics of war movies and their productions, too. Charles Horgan and Aaron Donaldson bring you a brand new podcast, The Real War Project. Dip in and out of subjects with Lauren and Sarah's irreverent points of view with the hilarious podcast, Dippers. Catch up with the week's pop culture news as well as reviews of new movies and shows, not to mention the occasional interview with Carl, Brandon, and Biggs on Not Safe for Network. Wrestlers wrestle, but sometimes they make movies too. This podcast lets you know how they do. Listen to Eric and Connor in all three seasons of Movies with Wrestlers. One by one, Jeremiah and Biggs break down influential movies and some wretched ones too in the podcast you can't miss, A Cosmic Void.